Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411, part eight of Alan Quartermain, years 1994 to 95. We know for a fact that's going to be it because this is not going to be as long as the other ones, but we broke it down because... This kind of, there's a good chunk here. There's going to be a good chunk for the next two years. And then we're going to talk all about his drug addiction for 1998. So I can't wait for that. Oh, I, I hate to say it's so good, but like, you know, there's those storylines that they just did really well. Yes. And this was one of them. So again, using Curly Q Girl GH and lots and lots of YouTube, a little bit of soapzone.com. I've watched. I was watching YouTube and uh, Ryan walked in this morning as I was watching the nurse's ball. And he was like, what are you watching? It's like this general the nurse's hospital. ball. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've heard a lot about this. I'm like, OK, then you should know what I'm watching. Shut exactly. <laughs> exactly. So good. So the thing that stinks is there was no videos. There was an entire playlist that said full episodes 1994. And they didn't start until February 3rd which we missed like a whole month of Alan. Yeah. It was really difficult to find videos for a lot of this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, just like I did the highlight. Yeah. Just going to have to do our best. And again, if we're missing anything, if we're messing up because of the resources, not saying that, but you know, right. Sometimes things get played down. That may have been a bigger deal. Right. If we didn't find a YouTube video to match it, we like don't something know. at the end of this. I, when I read the update, I was like, that's all that was written. Like if I hadn't read or watched the YouTube videos yesterday. Right. It would have made it sound like it was a one day. Occurrence. And it wasn't. No. Okay. Let's get back into this. All right. So we left off last week with Ray had just died. Died? Is that the right word? I mean, well, and so here's the thing. 
Alan shoved him just like a tiny bit. I mean, he's got like a Hulk like force, like a Hulk life force, but he kind of went up against the window. And so that's how he. Right. (laughs) Accidents happen. That's what we'll just say. Exactly. So, um, but the beginning, I know that they talk a lot about, I don't know if it's, there was a lot of stuff that they were talking about with like Scott gave Lucy his shares and then Edward and Alan were trying to talk to her. I was like trying to find those videos and couldn't. No. So. I don't know. But in January of 1994, Rhonda saw Alan at GH, making sure that he didn't think that she purposely tried to see him, but she was really there just to see a friend that just had surgery. So she's at the hospital. He's like, oh, you look good. And she says, same to you. But, you know, we're not supposed to be thinking anything of this. She admits that she sometimes makes up a voice in her head, his, and tells him that she had a dream that he was there when Ray beat him up. Because remember, she got knocked out. When Ray beat her up. Yes. Yes. Because she was Because she had been unconscious. Yes. And he took care of Ray. Accidents happen. And then he staged it like it had just been the two of them. So she keeps having these memories of him being there, but she asked him and he's like, no, I wish mm-hmm. I would have been. I'd have helped. Right. And so that's where they're at with that. She asked him if he was there and there he go. said that he wished he had, but he was at the dinner because he was going to that dinner. Right. The bank in dinner. honor of him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Monica came in on their conversation and Alan tells Monica that he thinks she's starting to remember. Monica tells Alan not to worry about it. They will just head it off when, you know, it basically that they're going to team up and take care of it. She thinks that he needs to use his friendship to make sure she knows, to make sure Rhonda knows where her loyalties are. Monica will not lose him again, and she wants to keep him in her bed, even if that means she has to trust him and Rhonda in order to keep his freedom. Freedom, Because as we heard last week, she really enjoys him in her bed. And we posted that video on Instagram. So go ahead over there and find it. Whew. Woo. Make sure you have a cold glass of water next to you. Seriously. It. And then Alan is spooked after he has a dream about Sean Donnelly arresting him for Ray's murder. Edward tells Alan that Scott gave his ELQ shares to Lucy. And now Edward wants Alan to show Lucy the wisdom of voting with them. Could not find these videos anywhere. And I feel like this would have been a really good go round, you mm-hmm. know? Sean asks Rhonda if she remembers anything more about the night that she was beaten. Rhonda blurts out Alan's name, but then has to backtrack. Alan warns, Rhonda warns Alan that Sean now wants to ask him more questions. And Sean mentions to Alan that a tuxedo is a match to the black fibers found at the scene of Ray's murder. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Damien overhears Alan call to Monica about Ray's murder. Ooh, and that's Damien Smith, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Frank Smith's son. As we read over these, the more I get annoyed with the reusing of names. Like, I, know. I know. You've said it here and there, and I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes, and the, like, normal names. No. Damien, Damien is not a name that, like, I've ever heard before soaps. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean serves Alan. In fairness, we call him Spinelli, so a lot of people don't know that Damien's his first name. However, it is. Right. Sean serves Alan with search warrant. It boggles AJ's mind that if Sean lost all the evidence, why does he want Alan's tuxedo? And then in February, Alan tells AJ he has no intention of rolling over for a shakedown artist like Damien, because this is the whole Damien overhearing. Alan meets with Damien and tells him he would rather take his chances with the police than cave to him. AJ decides to not share the fact with Alan that he has the Conway evidence when Alan tells him he doesn't want his help. 
Monica tells Alan that Damien has called another board meeting for a revote on his proposals. Alan is still refusing to cave to Damien. Monica is ready to give her vote to Damien if Alan won't give his. Alan tells her that if they go along with Damien, they will be in his back pocket forever. Alan refuses to cave to Damien and does not change his vote on the proposal. Damien checks his safe and learns the evidence is gone. Alan and Monica learn that AJ had someone steal the Conway evidence and he borrowed $100,000 to pay a pro from one of the, oh, to pay the pro and then um, used it from the hotel accounts. Damien calls AJ wanting to see him now and then Alan covers AJ's $100,000 that he took from the hotel so that he wouldn't get in trouble. So I watched all of these. I guess Damien's proposal had something to do with he wanted to build a toxic waste incinerator in order to solve the ELQ's problem with the EPA. Mm -hmm. And I felt so bad for AJ during all these scenes because like he goes to Alan and is like, what would you do if the evidence like just went away? You know, and then Alan thinks that AJ was only helping him so that he could use it as blackmail towards him. Mm -hmm. And Ned discovered that so this is still when ned and aj were fighting over like who's top dog oh my gosh they were so young and um ned goes to edward and is like you know the bookkeeper just called there's a hundred thousand dollars missing from the account edward was actually giving aj the benefit of the doubt he's mm-hmm. like well there has to be a reason he's like aj's not dumb he's not gonna take a hundred thousand dollars and think that we're just gonna be like right what you know so then he goes to alan and is like i need the money to like help cover it whatever so then AJ brings the check to Ned and Edward and Edward's pressuring him. He's like, why did you need it? He's like, doesn't matter. You know, I'm paying, this it, is, back. I'm paying it back. No problem. And Ned's like, you know, that's still embezzlement. You still used misuse of company funds, blah, 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 blah. And he leaves and Edward's like, I can't force him to tell me why, but if he's not going to tell us even a little bit why, it has to be a really good reason right. for. And then AJ does go to Alan and it's like, hey, listen, they're not listening to me. Can you help me out here? And Alan goes and stands up for AJ to Ned and Edward. And he's like, the money is back. Right. And Edward was actually very, oh, and this is when John Ingalls became Edward. And fun little side note. So my husband happened to walk in like during it. He's like, hey, it's Dunder because he played Robert Dunder on The Office. But so that was nice because my husband knew who he was. But anyway, you guys are both dorks. <laughs> I know. <But> okay. <laughs> um. Edward asked Alan, he was like, does AJ have a problem though? Like, right. Is this is, drugs, is alcohol, gambling, gambling something yeah. like, is there something that we need to know that we actually need to help AJ with? And Alan's like, no. He said, okay, go. fine. Then we're just going to let it go. And Ned is not happy about it because too bad, Ned, get over it. Yeah. But at one point, Alan said something about thank goodness for Jason, like implying that he was the good son. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Um, so AJ tells Alan that even though the evidence is gone, Damien is not going to go away. Claiming it is safe, AJ refuses to hand over the Conway evidence to Alan, and Alan thinks AJ Oops. is keeping the evidence to hold him, to hold over him, just like you said. Alan pays Damien a visit, telling him to drop the whole Conway issue, and Monica sends Alan over to talk with Ned and Edward about not badgering AJ about the money. Oh, that's cute that it makes it like Monica's like defend our son. Once again, Alan tells them she did, nothing Alan about really did. why AJ took the money. I don't think that Alan really needed convincing on this. I was so I'm going to stop interrupting and let you finish telling the thing <laughs> but before no, it's I better whatever you actually saw, like saw it in person. You know, yeah, I was it was live. <laughs> right they there. were in my they living room. They acted it out for you. From the dead in my living room. There you go. Bam. 
There you go. Oh, that's kind of depressing. <laughs> Alan, Edward, and AJ are all gone. Stop. But only in real life, two of them. Stop. In fairness. So then in March, Karen asks Alan for a letter to Northwestern, and he agrees to go to bat for her again. Rhonda goes to General Hospital wanting to speak with Gail, and she winds up running into Alan. And Alan thinks that Rhonda should let Karen make her own choices. And Jagger, do you want to say? Jagger. Thanks, Alan, for all of his help with Karen. And then later in the month, Alan tells Karen that the scholarship committee at Northwestern wants to know the whole truth about why she was dropped from the pre-med program. Alan wants to talk to them in person, and Karen agrees that she needs to come clean with them about her drug problem. Alan assures Jagger that he will do all that he can to do help, all he can do to help Karen with the scholarship committee, and Alan and Karen go before the scholarship committee. And then I have to let you have to talk about this. <laughs> I did not watch the videos, but you have to share this information. <laughs> so finally, after being postponed like several times, they end up getting married on March 30th. And Alan takes the fatherly place and dances with Karen. And I don't think I realized, I mean, I guess I did realize that thinking back to it, it didn't occur to me that Alan gave Jagger and Karen the motorcycle as a wedding present that they like rode off into the sunset. I don't feel like that's a present that Alan would give. Motorcycles are bad. No motorcycles. Well, especially we, when we know where his stance was later. Yes. But, but that's what, I mean, Jagger liked motorcycles. So, and he liked Jagger. So. But that's also, not that this has anything to do with the Allen storyline, but that I is I just shared also, the office trivia. You well, are at least keeping it on General <laughs> Hospital. When Rhonda told Karen that Scotty was her dad. Because she oh. like sent a message to Scotty about, hey, your daughter's getting married. And it was like, who's her dad? And then right before they left, she was like, FYI, your dad is Scotty. Did they ever talk about that? Like how that was even a thing? Or was it just Scott I, got a phone call and we never found I don't out remember that... them explaining how they knew each other, but didn't plan that in. Okay. We're going to have to do before. a thing on Scotty's children. I don't know. Yay. Oh, this is just like a blip. Like we talked about, they started giving like weird blips, but this brings us into the next storyline. Bobby forgets that she invited Alan and Monica over for dinner, so she has to scramble to get it together. Alan and Monica join the Joneses for dinner, and then Alan lends an ear to Tony about his actions towards Damien and Bobby walking out. So this was... And they um, were good couples friends. Yes, they were good couples friends. Again, not to go off on a different storyline, but Lucy and Damien had a bet going on that Damien was going to hook up with Bobby. So disgusting. Yes. So Bobby was, did not obviously know this, was hanging out with Damien because her and Tony were having issues and Tony was reacting to it very strongly. And so then, you know, as man friends, Tony was telling Alan about, I don't know what to do. She's hanging out with this guy and stuff's going on, I think, and blah, 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 blah. So it was really building the storyline of the four of them being friends and confiding each other about all of their different stuff. And during this times, whenever Tony finds out that Bobby was letting Monica use her as part of that whole fake boyfriend scheme. Yep. And he's like, there shouldn't be lies in marriages, which is just funny. foreshadowing funny as time goes on. And then in May, Catherine overhears the Quartermains talking about the Ray Conway murder. Again, where are we having these conversations? Because maybe we should learn to zip our lips. And where and the evidence is hidden. Bell. Yes. Your best friend, I know. Not my best friend. But this <laughs> you was, just liked her. I did. I thought she was a good villain. 
She was a good villain. She was kind of like Ava. I had a hard time liking her because this is when she wanted to be with Ned and Ned was being Eddie Main and Lois yes, was around. That was a problem. So, so the I'm one thing that I did learn as I was watching all this, because part of it, I'm like, I remember this. And then I remember the time that it was. It was 1994. I was watching primarily over the summer. Ah. So there were certain things that I'm like, I remember this. Why don't I remember this? Okay. That's why. That's why. Because I liked her with Stefan. Oh, yes. 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 So that's why okay, that's you're allowed the Catherine to like that I knew. I will allow it. <laughs> before I knew all the bad stuff she had done. Got it. Yes. So then AJ blackmails Alan and Monica for access to his trust fund in exchange for the Conway evidence. So, so you just proved Alan right there, AJ. Exactly. That's not what the original intention was, but since he had it, he was going to use Absolutely it. Absolutely was not. And that's the thing that breaks my heart because I'm like, it you were doing so nice. the thing. Yeah. You know? See, and the thing is, like, it feels like at some point the Conway thing goes away, but then it doesn't. Right. It, like, pops back up. It's very random. They were focused on other storylines. Alan was just kind of here and there. All right, so I'm going to read the next thing, and then if it doesn't say it... Okay, so earlier they talked about the tuxedo, mm -hmm. but they don't they didn't reference that it, like, Sean got the tuxedo and had, like... I don't know if all I have these... it in here, but at some point in time it mentions that Sean returns the tuxedo. Right. So Sean returned Alan's tuxedo and was surprised that it's synthetic and not wool, as it appears to be brand new. Mm -hmm. And Monica was like... Well, I've been after him to get a new tux and he waited so long. That's all they had at the store. And Sean's like, well, oh, being that it was the last minute, I'm sure you have the receipt. Mm. And Monica says that Alan has an issue with credit cards and he probably paid cash. And, you know, man, they don't keep receipts. Good cover up. Ooh. So then in June, Alan, ready to turn over AJ's trust fund, finds out that the evidence is gone. Edward confronts Alan, Monica, and AJ about the murder cover-up. They learn about Catherine's demand of Ned. What was that? That she wanted to marry him. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is when he was supposed to be marrying Lois, and we talked all about this with Ned and Lois's. Yes. He went to the attorney and asked what the legalities are of getting married under a fake name, and so that is why he was pushing to marry Lois first, so that would be the legit marriage. And then Mary Catherine second. Got Jerry. The Quartermains decided that they have no other choice but to go along with Catherine. Edward is going to handle Ned. Alan gives Luke the report on Sonny's finances. And I know I sent you a video or a screenshot of this at one point yesterday, but this is like when Sonny started coming around. And well, I mean, he already had been, but the first time that Sonny met Lila was so darn cute. <laughs> I love her conversations. Again, not anything to do with the Alan stuff, but later on when Brenda is like starting to maybe kind of sort of like Sunny, and then you realize how wrong that is whenever later on it says um, Brenda celebrated her 21st birthday and you're like, what the heck? Right. But anyway, besides that, the conversations of Lila saying, I know that dangerous men are exciting yep. and that he's very handsome, but you need to be careful. And it's like, oh, Lila, I just love you. And she said something about, oh, we're receiving visitors. And he's like, receiving visitors? Like, that's that's very fancy. And she's like, you can say it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I'll let you be fancy. But too. then that's when Sean showed up to get the tuxedo. So that had already happened. Okay. Yes. Guys, just get lost on YouTube. <laughs> Go down For those the of you who don't live in an area where it snows, so I am not a snow fan at all, 
But one of the perks of this time of year is sometimes it snows to the point where it's perfectly acceptable not to leave your house. Yes. <laughs> and so you just watch YouTube over and over and over. Um, then the 90s Alan, were so good. They were. That's what the problem is. That they were. Sorry. Go ahead. No, but it's okay. Alan comes clean with Ned about the Conway murders and Damien's blackmail and has to come clean with Lila about the murder and blackmail also. AJ apologizes to Alan as it was never his intention for the Conway evidence to resurface. Alan wants the $100,000 that he paid for AJ to recover the evidence back. And Jason overhears AJ and Alan arguing about the murder cover-up, and Alan worries that Edward has gone soft for even considering Catherine's demand. And then that's kind of just, like, where it ends. Like, I couldn't really find—I don't think I have any other good video stuff until 1995, because the rest of the year is Monica got diagnosed with breast cancer. We're not going into it, because that's a hundred percent— There were some really good scenes between them, all with so much of Monica— dealing with breast cancer and we're definitely going to do a whole 411 on that so we were trying Absolutely. not to get into it too too much great moments right a couple more fell into bed episodes <laughs> you know but yeah we are going to talk all about it however we do have to touch on it because at one point this is how we bring emily into the Quartermain clan because monica met emily's mom at this retreat mm-hmm. and long story short Paige, Emily's mom, needed a new guardian for Emily and came became good really friends good friends yeah. in treatment. And then she came to their house and lived there I know. as she yeah. was passing. They took care of. Yes, they took care of her as she was passing away and all of that. And and they went slow with the Emily stuff. Yes. So, yes. so they're good. But so that's, we can't really just jump into, and now we have another kid, Emily. Yes. And then also, this is when we started with the stone storyline which we At did last year time. yes which we did last year and so he's met he's mentioned here and there in that because his relationship with robin and stone was really absolutely amazing. and it was very integral to stones exactly but we did Stone's storyline and robin so we did robin's diet like we did yes. all that so last november actually is when we did it and so we don't have to talk about all that. Although I could. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I could. But Alan was a, a driving force behind keeping that storyline accurate and where it was. Right. But it was Right. Stones. Those were separate storylines. Yes. So in May 1995 is whenever he meet, like, well, he already had met um, Emily. But Emily was struggling with all of the changes from being in a new house. It seemed pretty crazy considering it had just been her and her mom. So she meets Alan's Sydney the bear. Did you watch this? No. Oh my God. It's so cute. So she's sitting on the couch and she's playing with her toys and Alan comes in and she's like, I'm sorry, am I in your way? And like starts picking up her toys. And he's like, no, um, I had a break at work today. So I figured I'd come home. Like, what's in your box? Can I help you go through your toys? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm probably going to be too old for toys anyway. And I don't know. I'm sorry, you know, if I'm in the way or whatever. And just not opening up to him. And so he's like, oh, okay. And he puts his paper up over his face. Like, he's just going to sit there and read the paper. And she's holding a teddy bear. And all of a sudden, he starts talking in this goofy voice. And she's like... Mr. Quartermain, like, what are you doing? And he brings the paper down and he has his tie all tied, goofy and sloppy and like his coat a little off the shoulders and his hair like ruffled up or whatever. And he's like, 
I'm not Alan. I'm Sydney the bear. And who is that? And so she introduces her teddy bear to him. Aww. And he says that they're probably related because their last name is the same, which I thought was so cute. And then he just goes on about how, you know, bears are really good listeners and they keep your secrets because she says her bear's not very talkative. Mm -hmm. And so they go back and forth and she kind of opens up to him about how it's scary being in a new house. And she just wishes that things could go back the way that they were before her mom got sick. And she feels bad because she knows she should be grateful for these people wanting to take care of her and being so nice to her. But she doesn't feel grateful. She just wants everything to go back the way that it was. And so it was so cute to see him. Like he was just perfect. The way that a dad He's really good with, well, it's like we talked about whenever last week when he wanted to give that little girl a kiss, you know, yes. he was a Hershey's kiss, but right. He's really good with kids or even when Jason was little, you know, and that's when Monica changed her mind mm -hmm. about, okay, yeah, you're right. We need to do what's best for this kid. But he just, and I'm sorry, that was Stuart Damon. That was, yes, he portrayed Alan Quartermain, but you can't right. act that. No, no, it was amazing. And so then, um, well, this was all of Ned's getting married stuff. So Alan finds Ned with a hangover after a night of partying and he helps him get ready. Then he calls home and finds out how little time Paige has left and reminds Monica that they need to get her written wishes for Emily because they had just talked about he they could take over custody of Emily, mm -hmm. but it wasn't written down anywhere. And so then finally Monica and Paige write it down and get it all, you know, official. Mm -hmm. And then in June is when the nurses ball was and Alan, Emily, Tony, and Kevin did the Wizard of Oz. Did you watch that? I didn't. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that we watched These weren't in stuff. I was gonna say I'm like, these weren't in the playlist that I was on. It, it was just I, I don't mean, know how. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Have I seen this before? Yes. Oh, absolutely. But did I watch it this week? No. Right. So I don't know. There was a video about Alan and Emily talking about the Wizard of Oz. I don't know if it was a continuation of Sydney the Bear and I just didn't mm. hit on it or what. But somehow they decided that they would go ahead and do Wizard of Oz. And so that was what they did for the Nurses Ball. And it was just so good. They all did such a good job. And again, I love the Nurses Ball because you get to watch the other actors react to what they're doing. Yeah. I don't, I wonder if they let them see any of it like in rehearsal or if it's all brand new. Oh, I don't know. Because their reactions seem really genuine to like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, and then in June, July, Monica wants to open up a wellness center and Alan was totally behind it. And then he asked some kind of question. I didn't watch it, but he asked something that made her think that he was trying to sabotage it. And then they like talked it through. They probably fell into bed another time or two. And then she realized that she was wrong and they made up. All right. Do you want to do the rest? Cause you seem to watch some of this. Okay. Real quick back to Emily. Everyone was fighting yes. at the quarter main mansion. Yes. And Alan tells Oh, Emily, no, Emily, how crazy their family how is. How the family works. So we're going to listen to that. Rachel said you were looking for me. Oh, yeah. Hi. I just thought maybe we might be able to spend a few minutes uh, together. Um, did I interrupt anything good? Nothing special. There's nobody here except me. Look, it's such a nice day out. Why don't you and I go out on the terrace, Okay. Have I done something wrong? Absolutely not. Trust the job. Um, I'm really sorry again about what happened this morning. 
Yes, okay. This uh, family isn't what you would call um, normal. I don't know. What is normal? Well, that's a very good point, huh? I, I meant, um, I'm sure we're not exactly what you're used to. That's for sure. I imagine it must be pretty tough for you walking into the middle of a house full of wackos. Although we're really not all that bad. Well, it's just that we each have our own style. You know, we each try to get our individual points above the roar of the crowd. We all have very strong opinions, and we're not afraid to express them. Seems like everybody's angry at AJ a lot, too. Emily, my eldest son and I are uh, victims of expectations. Mine for him, uh, his for himself, of my father's for both of us. And of course, AJ can be a jerk sometimes. Well, sometimes we can all act like jerks. That's a good point. I know I do. Oh, I can't imagine that. But even if you do, I promise you that uh, nobody's going to yell at you in this house for a long time to come. We're going to give you plenty of time just to get used to your surroundings and get your bearings and get some ammunition. And then when you're ready, you can walk into the fray. What are you talking about? Have you ever been in a snowball fight? I grew up in the desert. Yeah, that's right. Well, most important thing about a snowball fight is that when you anticipate it's going to be coming, you have to stockpile whole lot of snowballs. It's the same thing here. We kind of stockpile ammunition about uh, about each other, about various parties, about arguments, and then when you get into an argument, you have all of this stuff available to you right in the heat of battle. Stockpile arguments? Cheating, right? Only partly. Gosh, I've never heard of such a thing. Well, as I said, we're not exactly normal. I promise you one thing. As much as we squabble, when trouble comes, we stick together. And we will protect you as ferociously as we fight. I love that he compares it to a snowball fight. And that is why we love Alan. <laughs> so, yeah. But I just, I love how kind he was to her. Because, I mean, that could not have been easy either, you know. On anyone's. It just became his responsibility more because, again, part of the Monica storyline is that she's having a hard time connecting with Emily because Emily sees Monica trying to replace Paige. Right. And Alan's not replacing anyone. Yep. So then, so then in August and September is when things start to really kind of take a turn. And Monica's really, really busy. And being busy is not a good excuse as to why things happen the way that they do. But she and Alan had been growing apart. She was struggling with connecting with Alan after her surgery and her new body after cancer and all the things that came with it. She was like, you just mentioned, you know, she was struggling to connect with Emily. Seemed like Alan was doing such a great job. Mm -hmm. And he even said to her, he's like, she hasn't had a dad. Right. So I'm not replacing anyone. And unfortunately, she just lost her mom. So she's not looking for a mom. She's right. She wants her mom, and that's just not happening. So then 
Alan and Bobby, who are already friends, just and they're co-workers too. You know, mm-hmm. they just wind up talking. And then at one point, they wind up kissing. And then Alan avoids her. But then Alan and Monica start to have more issues because she winds up going under her reconstructive surgery without telling anybody. Right. Which is, you, you're a doctor. You should not do that. I mean, you need a good support system. She didn't want anyone's opinion. So it wasn't just Alan she was struggling with. She was struggling with, like, everybody, mm-hmm. you know. But Alan and Bobby, I don't know if the time that was just mentioned was the time that... So then Alan and Bobby are at the Quartermain mansion in the den, and they wind up making out. And Emily is on the patio and sees. That was such a good kiss, though. Did you watch that? Yes. Scene? Oh, yes. Because he's, she said, Bobby said, let's take the night and like, think about it. Let's not go into anything, you know, rash or whatever. And he was like, okay. And then he kissed her and was like, and you can think about that also. So it was yep. like very, mm. yes. And then they get the idea. So Alan talked gets Steve to send him to Manhattan to start recruiting this Dr. Feldman. Bobby says that she's going to like a trade show or something or like a seminar in Rochester. So in reality, they're actually going to Manhattan together because they're like, we can't do this here. See, they're being smart about their affair. They're leaving town. Yes. Whatever. So they wind up going to Manhattan. They both have separate rooms at first. Mm Mm-hmm. And Bobby actually calls Tony. So if you're a younger fan. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so funny. You're going to be like, first of all, she couldn't make a phone call until she got to the hotel because she didn't have a cell phone. Right. Secondly, we did not have caller ID. Right. And third, in 1995, we had this beautiful thing called, and it was brand new, Star 69. So that if funny. you didn't know the phone number that called you you could star six nine and it would automatically patch you back to the phone number that just called you for 50 cents a call i think it was something like that and bobby had hung up with tony before he forgot to say something i forget what it was and so i felt like it was almost a commercial though because he's like talking oh and monica had come over because i guess she was just gonna go home for dinner and tony's like well lucas and i are in the middle of a meatloaf marathon every night we're making a different type of meatloaf So if you want to come over, instead of just sitting at home by yourself, he's like, we can be the non-traveling companions of medical professionals together. Oh, and that's the other thing. Alan actually invited Monica to this conference Mm -hmm. or to this meeting first. And she said, no, does not excuse him asking Bobby too. But his intention, the intention really was for him to go to talk to this doctor. Right. Then he was like, well, if Monica's not coming, I might as well try to get an affair going here. (laughs) Right. No. This is why we don't like you sometimes. But so Monica was at the house having dinner with Lucas and Tony. And he's like, haven't you seen that commercial lately? Like that, that thing that you can do with the phone. Star and she's six. What is it? Yeah. And she's so like, cute. isn't that something you have to sign up for? He's like, no, they just add it to your f- phone bill. So funny. So he winds up calling the hotel and he's like, oh, do you have a room there? Like is the, cause it wasn't the name of the hotel that Bobby was supposed to be in, in Rochester. And he's like, well, my wife's supposed to be in Rochester. And the woman said the name of the hotel and I forget what it is now. She's like, we're in Manhattan. And he's like, well, do you have a room under Bobby Jones? And the operator connects him. And sure enough, Bobby picks up the phone and Tony just freezes. She answers. They all seductively. Uh-huh. She's like, hello. And then he asks Monica, where Alan's staying. 
he puts two and two together very quickly. And he says that that was the hotel that he just called that Bobby was obviously calling from. And so he's like, okay, so here's the deal. Are we waiting for them to come back or am I making arrangements for Lucas and we're just going to go? And she's like, make arrangements for Lucas. I'm going to ask Ned if we can borrow the Quartermain jet and Mm -hmm. we will be there in a minute. So then while they're in the hotel, so then Bobby comes down to Alan's room or up to wherever Bobby comes to. Alan's room. Because she was on the ninth floor and he was on the lower one. Yes, yes. And he tells Bobby that she looks ravishing. And this is a really good line. And she goes, ravishing, huh? How about ravished? (laughs) I was like, ooh. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have to remember that one. But so they start making out and then like they're just about to and like neither one of them could do it. And so they actually just start talking about it. And they're like, is it because we're friends? Is it because I don't know, my husband and your wife are friends? And he's like, I still want things to work with Monica. And she's like, and I still want things to work with Tony. So they're really kind of just, you know, not going to do it, but she's still in her underwear. So once Monica gets Monica and Tony get to the hotel room or get to the hotel, they have that wine. They have wine. She's like one of the perks of having a family in the hotel business is you know how it operates. So she winds up ordering a bottle of champagne or wine to be sent up to the room with some chocolate covered strawberries and it gets sent up. And so of course housekeeping or room service delivers it and they follow them. And then a couple minutes later is when Tony and Monica knock on the door and catch them. They're like, and I'm sorry, Bobby's like, oh, we're just talking about you guys. <laughs> and they're saying about how they could never do it and this, that, and the other thing. So they wind up coming back on the Quartermain mansion, all four of them, or on the Quartermain jet, all four of them. And then when they get back to the mansion, Monica winds up telling all of the Quartermains what Alan was doing. Every single one of them was like on Alan's back. They're like, how could you do that to her? She just went through this thing. How are you going to do that to her with her best friend? And then, I'm sorry, if your best friend almost hooks up with your husband, they're not, they're not your, not best, your best, friend. best friend. No. So then Alan and Tony have words at the hospital and Alan brings up again, nothing happened. So he's kind of acting like, you know, you should really be thanking me. Right, right. And Forget the fact that I made out with your wife and had my hands all over her. When it came down to it, the act wasn't finished. So right. it doesn't count. Well, Tony said, so if you rob a store and there's nothing in the till, you shouldn't be arrested. So then Alan says, okay, so here's the deal. Either we can go out in the parking lot and you can just beat me senseless. Or since we're both off the clock, I can go buy you enough bourbon that we can talk this through. And they did. Like they actually, they talked about it, you know, and Tony's like, it hurts more because it's you. Right. You know, and he's like, and she just did this with Damien. So it's not like. Yeah. So then Monica and Bobby are having the conversation and Bobby's actually blaming Monica. She's like, you basically all but shoved him in my way by ignoring him and all this stuff. No, Bobby. Mm-hmm. No, no. No. Hands to yourself. No. I did I did not care for that. Even if I'm not part. playing with my toy, that doesn't mean that you get to. Right. That's <laughs> my husband. Don't touch him. Exactly. So I was a little bit upset about all of that. So then it goes on into October that Emily isn't sure about the adoption because of all of this. I mean, she doesn't feel safe. Right. I mean, she heard this whole conversation. Absolutely. The whole family being like, what are you doing? Yep. Yeah. And then into November is really when we're on the Stone storyline. Alan continues treating Stone. He's tested Robin multiple times. 
but as we know, you test at different points. And so um, on the 10th of November is whenever he has to tell Robin that her test came back positive. And then AJ and Alan are in an accident because AJ was drinking. So he got a DUI and they're dealing with all of that. And then Emily is still deciding if she wanted to be adopted. And Alan tells Monica that he wants to make their marriage work both for them and so that they can have Emily. Yep. And then Alan and Emily continue to form a relationship and the adoption interview goes well. And it's really sweet because they're putting together everything for Christmas. Yes. And Monica says, you know, I noticed when you were packing up your things from Arizona, you had packed some ornaments. Do you want to put them on the tree? And so Emily is really excited. So she goes up and gets the ornaments. And AJ and Jason were so darn cute over her because, oh, Emily had, I think she was skipping school and AJ saw her. We, we're going to have to do Emily. <laughs> but AJ saw her and he was just, he was really consoling to her. And he's like, listen, you know, I'm sorry for all the stuff that you've had to witness. You know, I'm sorry that, you know, you might feel unsafe. This, that, if like, if anything had to do with him, like he was sorry for it. So then the fight that always took place over this train is that Alan says it always just has to be around the base and the boys have always wanted it to go around the room. Mm -hmm. Well, Emily asked if it could go around the room. And at first Alan was kind of like, I think he was being kind of snippy towards her to make her feel included. Right. And then she kind of suggested exactly how it should be. And he went for it. And Jason and AJ are like, oh, man, (laughs) (laughs) like we've been trying to get you to do that for years and you were having none of it. And now she's here for two months. And you're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Because Alan loved her. And not that he didn't love her boys, but it's different. A dad with his daughter is different. Yes. So... That was all of Alan from 1994 to 95. I love it. Did you know that he had an affair with Bobby before? No. This, neither did I. Oh, okay. I had no idea about any of that stuff with Bobby. Mm-mm. They still had an affair. It didn't happen. <laughs> you it made out. his fault. You made out a few times. You purposely went to another town with the intention of sleeping together. You had an affair. I mean, I guess I did know because I was watching that during this time, but I was watching for, for Stone and, and Stone yeah. and Robin. Yeah. So, like, you weren't paying attention to the adult stuff. I wasn't paying attention to the adult stuff. Yeah. So I remember thinking that Emily was so cute and like all of that stuff because I was right in between right Emily's age and uh, Robin's age. So yeah, I liked both of them, but the adults, yeah. <sighs> But I love Alan. Yeah. I remember that part of Alan. That's why the 80s yes. were so shocking is because I'm like, no, what happened here? Emily, <laughs> that he was so cute. No. So yeah, next week we will talk about 96 and 97. And on Monday, we will talk about this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet with the peer. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.